Hello, hello, welcome back to the Sinead Horror Podcast, a place where you connect with your heart, connect with your angels, raise your vibration, and remember how truly powerful you are. And today on our podcast, I am joined by a gorgeous guest speaker. Her name is Jen Healy, or you might know her as Yin Yoga Jen on social media. And this conversation, if I can sum it up in one word, that word would be passion. What passion oozes from Jen in our conversation today as we talk about the power of the divine feminine and how to really find so much power in the stillness, to let go of the fear of coming into the stillness of the yin. We can so often be in the energy of yang, pushing, doing, constantly on the go, where Jen reminds us of the slowness of connecting with herself and the power that is when you connect with the divine feminine within you. We also talk about her working through and working with knowing about her ADHD and the tools that are really supporting her. Jen is passionate about neuroscience. She holds retreats, workshops. She's such a beautiful, powerful soul. And it was just a witness to witness her in her magic today as she shares some powerful, powerful insights for us. Get ready. It's really a gorgeous conversation. Enjoy. Jen, you are so, so welcome to the new Sinead O'Hara podcast. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. That sounds so good, the new Sinead O'Hara podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I used to have a podcast called Droplets Podcast, and I had it like a few years ago. But I know I've spoken about this on my podcast. I was on, I'm still on a fertility journey, and I just felt like I hadn't got the energy to give on the podcast. Yeah. So I took a year and a bit out. And I've just been asked constantly to bring it back. So it came back about three weeks ago. So I think this is the fourth week. And yeah, I'm excited. As like yourself, we could talk for Ireland. So like, I'm excited to see where it takes us. (laughs) And you know, the, the, the crazy thing is like, people always think that about me. I'm so quiet. Like when it's not work related, and I can just be, I'm just quiet. But once it's something that I'm interested in, like I don't shut up. <laughs> oh, well, this is going to be one of those conversations, I reckon. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of little sparks of creativity, I feel, coming in. Yeah. But we just, I think we should start with the obvious, right? Because your Instagram name, for anyone that doesn't know Jen Healy, and I'm sure that's very little, especially in our world. Jen Healy, on Instagram, you're known as Yin Yoga Jen. Let's start with the obvious here. Let's talk yin. It's one of my favorite. Do you know, actually, before we even dive into that, I was um, hosting a retreat in Spain two years ago and I was intuitively in a meditation told I need to do more yin yoga. Now, my energy is quite active, busy. So the idea of doing yin was torture for me. But anyway, I took that insight and I went and right, I'm going to study. So I studied with hot yoga dundrum to become a teacher. And it was during the teach and train. And I was like, I didn't need to actually become a teacher. I just needed to do the bloody thing. <laughs> so I, now I understand the power of yin and it's phenomenal. So tell us about your experience with it and why yin is the calling for you. Um, so like yourself, I jumped onto a yoga teacher training. I'd actually never been to a yoga class. I was walking, so my background is in mental health addiction. I'm actually a trained addiction counsellor. Homelessness and addiction was my background for maybe 10 years before I came into the kind of yoga and stuff. But I'd been in a 12-step program for those 10 years. So I'd been meditating a long time, spiritual principles and stuff like that. 
and I got really burnt out in the homeless sector. Like there was nothing left in me to give. <laughs> I was done. And that's not a position that I want to be in because I can't help from that position. So I need, knew I needed to go and find something deeply spiritual to put back into myself so that I can uh, do the job that I love. And I never heard again. And I've talked about this a few times. I was on the yoga teacher training. Absolutely hated it. Couldn't understand what was happening to me. Um, I had a lot, a lot, a lot of unresolved trauma in the body. Like what Gabor Mate says, the body holds the score. So I had all this traumatic energy still in my body. So to go into a, a really intense yoga teacher training, full of yang energy, full of fire, it was too much for me. And every every month, it was once a weekend, I struggled so badly. I cried. I I just couldn't understand why everyone else in the class was like, oh my God, look at this pose and they're flowing. And I just used to stand there in this anger and I couldn't understand and nobody would even come near me at times. And it was just by accident, I ended up going to the yoga hub because you have to practice your hours outside. And when I went in, yin yoga was the next class on. I had no clue there was even different styles of yoga. That's how naive I was to this whole world of yoga. And when I went into the class, within five minutes of being in that class, I had a huge uh, spiritual awakening, a huge emotional rearrangement. I cried from my soul and my heart in that class. Within five minutes, we hadn't even done that yet. It was the first time I had experienced real stillness and safety. That's what I was looking for in yoga. I was looking for safety and I wasn't getting it from fast yang because my body was already full of fire. I was so defensive. I had walls up like a castle around me and the yin is the complete opposite to that. It's the feminine energy. It's the softness. It's the safety. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> if this is after happening to me, and I never knew about this. I was like, I'm going to tell everybody, tell everybody, everybody needs to know about yin yoga. And that's, uh, so when I started teaching, they were like, what are you going to call yourself? And I was like, well, yin yoga, Jen. <laughs> that's kind of where the, the yin yoga part came into, into my life. And I just went on this crusade for, for the first two years of drilling yin yoga into everybody that I met. And now look, at it, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> I think people, I love what you said about, you know, the stillness since the first time finding that stillness, because getting to that point, especially in our society and culture where we're so fast paced, where we're things you can consume, every, it's so much consumption, actually, and you yeah. can have things with a click of a button, a drop of a hat. That's sometimes going in, no, not even sometimes, a lot of the time going into that stillness can be terrifying so terrifying because we're not used to stopping and listening to ourselves understanding ourselves and listening to our intuition and there is that huge disconnect because we're so fast 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 and going all the time and like that's amazing you experienced that stillness and actually as you said it was the first time you witnessed it and cried from your soul of I'm assuming love acceptance release yeah. trauma as you said and with that, like, what could you say for anyone that maybe is being called down to slow down, but has no idea where to start or how to start or to manage these emotions that may arise from the stillness? Yeah. Um, 
I definitely, definitely think find a yin class, but maybe try a couple of different ones because it has to depend on the teacher as well. Um, the safety that comes from a teacher being able to hold the space for you, particularly in yin. It's not about flexibility. It's not about social media. It's not about the new trend. To me, yin is the most profound mental health book easiest gentlest way to just begin on your trauma release and journey because it's that's a long old time and it has to be done so safely and just find somebody that you feel when I come into this space I know I'm safe for the next hour and from there the universe will do its thing what has been uncovered, or maybe this is way too much of a broad question for you, but what has been uncovered for you really since this opening, as you said, of like the trauma in the joints or like the release yeah. and the kind of exploring this? What have you seen, uncovered, discovered really about yourself? So I come from a background with a lot of violence, a lot of domestic violence. And um, I grew up in an environment that was violent and always on edge, hyper-vigilant. <laughs> so what they in, and I didn't understand about feminine energy. I didn't understand about being safe in my body. I, I never knew what that meant, what that felt like. To me, growing up in a disadvantaged area or like a, a real tough, uh, a tough neighborhood, stuff like that was never spoken about and it was always airy fairy and anyone who looked different sound different was mad <laughs> that's just our perception oh they're mad that's not for me but what the yin started to do and it was really slowly and really gently was it started to allow that softer feminine side in me to come out it started to bring me from my head into my body and really that almost like a sensual energy because I find that the yin is very sensual and I didn't know I didn't know about that and also when a girl comes into recovery whether it's addiction mental health um emotional recovery we have three uh senses so you have your social your inside and then your sexual and when you're social or yourself is triggered or it's not um how how the world sees me and how i see myself i learned in 12 step that your sexual uh, energy will almost overtake that and especially as women we're so vulnerable when we come into any type of recovery space that we don't understand about sexual energy and how to use it safely and how to protect ourselves because we are light and we're so open and people pick up on vulnerability in us. And I have been, uh, I don't know if I want to say the word victim, but I've definitely experienced predators in my healing journey. And it's devastating. So what the yin did was it taught me to slowly start to recognize sexual energy within myself and sensual energy and to be okay with it, but to learn how to protect it and it also taught me boundaries with it as well, which I never expected all of this stuff to come from it because I was just so reckless, if it probably was the word, um, 
I was crying out to be loved. And unfortunately, that sent me into really dangerous situations. So when I started to slow down, when I started to practice the yin and come back to my body, everything started to change around me. My boundaries changed and then my energy changed. And now like I'm, I'm so happy that I've done so much work on myself because the type of experiences that I was attracting into my life when I was very vulnerable, they're never going to happen to me again because my energy, my frequency is completely different. Anybody who resonates on that harmful energy of, 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 of hurting vulnerable people, they can't come near me now. So that, like that in itself is, is incredible. <laughs> well, you really recognize what the true meaning of love is and self-love is. And yeah. which is why, as you said, your energy has completely risen as well. I love the talk about boundaries there. And thank you so much for being so open because I think this is such an inspiring um, and empowering conversation, I feel. And I feel like I have so many things I want to, so many avenues I'm being told to go down. But the first... Just- Sorry, I just don't want to cut you off. I'm happy that we're having this conversation because I don't think teaching uh, women about their sexual energy is ever spoken about. And when you have all this energy within you and you don't know how to take care of it, we think, oh, I must be attracted to him or I must be called to do this. And, And unfortunately, it leads us into another rabbit hole of doing a lot of internal work to undo the damage. So I, I, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation and I would like to talk about it more going forward. Well, actually, this sparks my next question because you mentioned boundaries and protecting your this energy because it is sacred. And for those maybe listening, let's actually just before we actually go down that hole, because I really want to go down talking about boundaries and protection. Yeah. But maybe let's talk a little bit about what feminine energy actually is, because yeah. I this is one of my most passionate topics is masculine feminine energy and how to identify how to work with how to find balance and imbalance with them all I just think it's such I just could talk about it all day every day but for those that don't know what feminine energy is or what we're actually talking about what is that in your opinion your words yeah so how I experience feminine energy within myself and within my life is when I am not defensive when I am not go 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 do 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 when I'm in my feminine energy, I handle things a lot better. I'm able to take on board what people are saying to me and not react so quickly. I don't think feminine energy for me is stripping off naked, having to do any of that kind of stuff that sometimes is portrayed on social media, maybe as feminine energy. To me, when I sometimes when I see that, I see wounds in people. And I'm like, if only you knew, <laughs> if only you knew what feminine energy really is. Feminine energy allows me to stand in my truth, completely grounded with unbelievable boundaries and being okay with how you receive them. Yes, I am nodding here. Now you're literally, you're speaking my words here. And I love that. So how I uh, interpret or explain the feminine energy is every single person on the planet has a masculine feminine energy. doesn't matter what gender you identify is. That just runs through our body. Now, with yeah. the feminine is where our intuition comes from. It's where our creativity, our expression of ourself and our expression of who we are, our soul's yearning, our soul's purpose, yeah. why we're here on earth. 
it's our compassionate towards ourselves and others etc and I can go on and on and on then you've got yeah. the masculine which is you know as you said the yang the doer this person that gets yeah. stuff done I call it the CEO of our life you know we're taking control <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's that gets, it gets results yeah yeah the structure the organized and you always know with me when my masculine's in balance when my house is a mess <laughs> you know I'm in totally imbalanced mode but with the feminine okay so we're talking you know as you said and I loved that you said that and I think hats off to anyone that wants to strip naked but that's just you yeah know, yeah whatever but with that too it's like the feminine it's not about being physically naked it's about being so open in who you are yeah. totally in your power really connected with who you yeah. are what your desires are your vision what you want and like really having the power and the belief to know that you're worthy of receiving achieving and going for and it that's, that's exactly what I have is this huge internal belief like I could not believe or love myself anymore than I do right now like it's just not I don't even think it's possible <laughs> I don't <laughs> I love that from an egotistical point that I'm better than anyone else it's not it's just that I know how good I am and I know my worth well that's the feminine though there's no ego in that you and it's so powerful to say I love me and I encourage that I love who I am and that is the most empowering feeling that you'll probably ever have so it's in the most important (laughs) I said was the most important feeling is to love yourself yeah and I've done so much work with uh, an incredible shaman the last year that she has really taught me about shame. I did some um, incredible work with Pat Dively. Like if anybody's listening and they want to do some trauma work, like Pat, he's just phenomenal with shame. But I learned um, a lot with the shaman. That, and we have to, we work kind of with the same person. But I learned a lot with this lady the last year about really loving all of Jen like 16 year old Jen she's crazy (laughs) she will take no shit off anyone and she has my back unconditionally like 20 year old Jen was so broken 20 20 to 20 late 20s Jen was just so broken and that's where the predators got in at that stage you know and I was such ashamed of that experience and I was ashamed of her and what she did to be loved but now now that the way I am in my life and what she has brought me through to get here I couldn't love that version of myself anymore if I tried and she knows that that's the difference she she knows that I am so proud of her I love her unconditionally because we've we've joined we've done that work and that's how I, I embody my feminine side as well tell me about the boundaries and then that you mentioned that protecting and when I say protecting I think that can have like a fear-based energy towards that so I personally like to use just have that sense of love for yourself so it's not like protection feels like we need a wall or an armor it's not necessarily that it's more like what boundaries have you what boundaries have you instilled that allows you to just be in that power so like what I was saying, when you are vulnerable, it can lead you into situations and relationships that are so detrimental. And being being so, not that I'm protective or that I have walls up, I'm very particular who I share my body with now, Sinead. I'm so particular, like, 
I don't want to give this to everybody. I don't want uh, this to be, not the word tainted, but I understand energy exchanges. And now if I share, because there's nothing wrong with sex or your body, but now if I share my body with someone, it's in a real loving, um, receptive space. So when I started to learn those kind of boundaries, because that's the stuff that caused the damage in, in my life was the, the situations that weren't safe for me. And then once I started to work on that, everything just flowed from that. I just felt so empowered that if I could say no to this, then I can say no to, to anything that wasn't for me. And I really feel like that could, well, yeah, 100%, that could really um, merge into all aspects of life. And I know you're talking, you know, sexuality and physical and your body, you know, that safety within your physical body. But having those boundaries of self-love can be for, you know, in family members, in work colleagues, in, in, you know, social environments. It's just simply, or even your own habits as well. And I really want to encourage that too, because the feminine is having, making time for that stillness for the feminine allows you to really merge into that energy of your heart and feel it and whatever it is that you want and that's self-love in itself so having boundaries whether it's stop scrolling on social media and actually go and meditate or stop scrolling social media and go for a walk it's like doing things that you know are the best for yeah. you that's the boundaries that I feel are the most eye-opening um you mentioned earlier on about go on sorry you know, sometimes uh, my screen froze there sorry um discipline Sinead Discipline taught me to create boundaries because when I started to become disciplined and meditating every morning, doing me writing every single day, showing up for myself every single day, then when I started to be like, do you know what, Jen? You're actually putting in a lot of work here. <laughs> and if you're if you're at to spending this many years creating this peace of mind and peace in your heart, stop giving it away so freely. So tell that's me about where, your actions. What are your disciplinary actions for yourself? <laughs> what What is that discipline like? Um, at the start of my journey, because uh, I was in a 12-step program, you are you have to meditate every morning and every evening. You have to do your self-reflection questions every night. You have to make all of your apologies. Uh, there's no beating around the bush. And being kind to people, giving and learning to give and not receive, learning to understand rather than be understood all the times they like that that there's a the prayer of saint francis and he says in it to understand rather than be understood if i could tell you how much mental torture that line has saved me in my life it's incredible and that's a boundary also is that i used to always fight to be heard and fight to get the point across I wanted to win every argument <laughs> and, and that was just ego, 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 fear, fear, fear. And if you did something on me, I would take out a big file on you and I'd have the whole file. Now, when I tell you what you did in 1972, you said this and oh, <laughs> I was a torment. Like I was so bad. And then just learning to understand people rather than having to be understood. I'm, I'm, okay with not being understood I can understand where the person is coming from and that's where I learned compassion that's all feminine you're literally the walking embodiment because that's it 
the, the masculine will want to, like I said, the CEO, the director, they'll be like, this is what you need to be doing. But the feminine yeah. goes, ah, let me love you. And it's yeah, so yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying is everything you are in all aspects of your life, you have learned to navigate between the two. And I know recently you spoke a lot about this on your social media. You mentioned about um your ADHD. You realized that, yes, am I right in saying this? That you, have, okay, how has this realization impacted you and supported your life now? Yeah. Do you know what? This has been one of the hardest things I've ever probably had to deal with and I've been through a lot so if if anybody is listening and they feel they may have undiagnosed ADHD I hear you like it's 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 very hard so when the lockdown I feel because I was so busy up to to the lockdown I was working like nearly full-time in college studying had my daughter so everything was by times and uh, structure time I knew every minute of every day was accounted for and then when the lockdown happened my mind just blew it, it completely shut down I lost my memory like I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you three years ago I'd no words at the time it was so difficult and in the last three years I've done so much I've trained in neuroscience I've trained in mindfulness I'm like I need to figure this shit out like I went into shamans and released all this trauma and like, and I was like, right, okay, now this, this is me intention. Give it, give, you know, and at the start of the year, I was like, I'm actually getting worse. My mind is getting worse. The rage in me, I'd be standing in the gym and I love CrossFit. I'm in CrossFit like six, seven years. I absolutely love it. And I'm standing in the gym with tears in my eyes. I can't feel my hands. I can't hear anything and I'm overwhelmed and I'm and I'm having all these crazy attacks and I didn't understand it was sensory overload. So the the perception of ADH is very much uh, centered around bias, um male uh, symptoms like hyperactivity, like like think of like little boys running amok and it's very different with the girls. So different. And uh, I'm I'm blessed that. I work with an incredible man, uh, Dr. Enda Murphy, who is a specialist in CBT. So he was my tutor in college 12 years ago, became my friend, my therapist, my mentor. So I've been trained in CBT with him for so long. And he'd been saying to me the last two years about ADHD. And I was like, don't be giving me another fucking title. Like, I don't want any more labels. I'm done. (laughs) I just was so resistant to it. And he's like, hmm. Yeah, it's the ADHD. And I'm like, stop saying that to me. I don't want it. Like, I just did not want to have it. I I was tired, Sinead. I'm, like, so tired. And he actually runs these incredible uh, training workshops. You, you would absolutely love it. It's the emotional force day. And he, I ran it for the girls that are um, in my community, um, parents of kids. They think I might have ADHD and anxiety and all that stuff. And when we were, when he was teaching in the groups, there was myself and a young girl called Lucy, only 13. She also attends them. Not one person in the room could understand what he was saying, except for me and Lucy. And we were able to explain to the teachers who are struggling with the kids who are technically the bold kids are, they just won't do what we asked them to do. We were able to explain where it was going wrong. And it was at that time I was like, I have ADHD. 
it couldn't be any more clear to me. And thank God, thank God I, I, I had to hear it and see it to believe it. Tell me, you mentioned the difference between boys and girls. What is that difference? What have you uncovered? So boys tend to externalize a lot of their symptoms and females tend to internalize their symptoms. So for the last maybe two years, I've been getting this huge rage when anybody would ask me a question, just the people coming into my class, hey, Jen, and I'm like, don't talk, like inside, like the rage. And I was like, what is happening to me? And around mid-30s, when women tend to have that uh, hormonal change in their body, it will send, if you have ADHD, through the roof. And that's what was happening to me because I'm in my late 30s now. So we also have this thing called RSD, which is what I have been struggling with so bad. And especially it's affecting my job in the wellness community. It's rejection-sensitive dysphoria. And the minute I started to learn about that, I was like, oh my god i why is nobody telling us about this and i learned all this on tiktok <laughs> women what is it so what is this about so rejection activity dysphoria is now I, i'm not a professional <laughs> but i'll try and explain it as best i can so we perceive rejection before it happens we take small bit like the smallest criticism to be huge it can be like paralyzing, debilitating to us. Um, we tend to isolate a lot and mess up with friendships and relationships and work relationships because of this RSD. And it can bring us into almost a rage because we have this perfectionist thing ingrained into us. And sometimes when it doesn't go according to plan, we shut down, we can't function. Like I would be in the homeless services I can run a, a 70 bed unit with 70 people with complex needs. Nobody's on their medication. The place could be burning down to the ground and I will be as cool as a cucumber. I will have everybody in bed on time. It's all good. But one little thing could go wrong in front of one person and I will just fall apart. I can't cope with the little things. The huge, the huge tra traumatic events, I'm good at. No problem. We get through it. It's the little things. An email. I have an email here from a lady and I have been in fear to open that email for the last week because she's from an authoritative, uh, kind of an authoritative thing. I am absolutely consumed in fear to open that email and I have to open it. I struggle so bad with little things like that. The lady is lovely. I've spoken to her loads of times, but I am perceiving this as like it's a trip. It's bad news. Something's wrong. What am I after doing now? That's where my mind goes with it. So that's what I'm learning about the ADHD in women. And how will you navigate that? So I know this is quite visceral for you now because this is the email you yes. need to open, right? So how, what kind of tools are you bringing in to give you that sense of peace or to kind of help that or to give that sense of comfort that this is safe, I'm safe, I'm okay? You know, yeah. what are you learning to navigate with that now? I'm actually just learning now as I, as I go along because I'm starting to recognize it because for a long time I wouldn't have even opened it. So now I have to, I'm a big girl now. <laughs> so it's, 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 
vocalizing, speaking to somebody about it, speaking to somebody who understands and then taking the direction off them. I definitely need to meditate. Like if I don't do me little meditation and me grounding, if you see me, I'm always out in the grass. And especially when it's raining, I'm like, get the shoes off, run out. And it's just finding little tools to help me and learning to understand that my mind catastrophizes the small things. So when I catch that happening, okay, I am catastrophizing this. I can feel it in my body. I'm creating this uh, overwhelming sensitivity in my body. And I'm like, okay, recognize what's happening to me. There's no threat. I have to talk myself back down. And then I have to almost prepare myself to go and answer that email now. That's amazing. Well, awareness is key, right? And it's understanding. It's understanding yourself, your behaviors, your reactors. Once you understand your triggers, it's so much easier, if you will. I don't know if easier is the right word, but it's so much um, maybe even safer to manage. Maybe it's the right word. Not necessarily easier, but safer to manage. And I also started the ADHD medication, which has, oh my God. I have been so probably resistant to medication again because I've been on it all my life, all different types. And for the last few years, I've not had to go near anything. But I, I recognize that this is out of control and this is affecting my, my relationship with my daughter, with my family, with everybody, my job, everything. And so I found an incredible doctor and I started on the Concerta. And I haven't spoke about this on my social media page because I'm not a medical profession. And I don't want to give any medical advice. So I wanted to wait and see how I uh, connected with the medication and did it work for me. So I started off on 18 milligrams and straight away I felt something working and then it slowed down. So I stayed on that for two months. I increased the dose to 27 and because of my BMI, my height, I like I'm six foot, <laughs> I'm so tall, uh, I always had this thing in my head that dosage medication, if it goes up higher, oh, you must be mad or you must be worse, but it's actually not. The doctor's incredible that I work with and it's related to the BMI in my body. So I'm at a really good dose of two to six milligram now. And I just can't believe the difference in myself. Well done. Well done. This is amazing. You're literally, as you said before, you're bringing Western and Eastern medicine together to support your life, your body, your needs. And that is the most empowering thing you can do for yourself your daughter like your actions are giving her permission to look after herself and that's the most incredible thing you can do as a mum. and it's amazing so the, thank you for being so open the born out with the born out with adhd i didn't i didn't understand it and i would for the last year and a half like i was sitting down on the sofa Sinead, at like two o'clock in the day and i'd fall asleep for three hours like if i went to the gym i'd have to sleep for three hours after it i was and it's not about um, your fitness or it's the dopamine levels in my body were completely depleted. I could not function. So when I started to take the medication, I haven't had a nap <laughs> in, four, in four months. I haven't had to do that. I can rest. I can do my meditation. I can relax. But I have had not have to come home and literally go into a coma and tell me, look, mommy needs to sleep or whatever for a while. I haven't had to do that. So that in itself in itself is huge. And I feel like somebody's just got a um the the radio control in the back of my head and they just turned it down and I'm like, there's that silence. What's that again? It's it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good That's feeling. Amazing. 
that's amazing I'm so happy for you and I know every time I go to like record a podcast with somebody I leave it up to whomever my angels or guides tell me to so I'm like okay do you want me to talk to anyone or do you want me to do a solo podcast like what's your goal here and instantly I just seen your name it's usually I see a face or I get a name and it was you I was like, okay, well, what on earth are you going to have us talk about? And I didn't expect this today, but I just find it so amazing because I know even if my goal is if I can help one person a day, I'm doing my job well done. Hmm. And I just know that there's so many little nuggets of takeaways from this. And it's just the awareness. If awareness is key, awareness obviously, and understanding. Everything, yeah. When, when you don't changing. know, you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me, you're just back from Portugal. You've just held an amazing retreat. Yeah. What does your retreat look like? What happens in your retreats? Um, it's so different to what the kind of typical people probably perceive as as a retreat. Like, I feel like my energy and the space that I hold is very much a healing space. So whether you want to walk on yourself or not, if you spend time around me, it's gonna happen. <laughs> You're gonna have some form of emotional breakthrough. It's it just goes without saying. But I also understand that that has to be a fun element and I learned from Pat Dively that when you're doing trauma work with people you tip in and you tip out tip in and tip out and that's he's he's gifted me that incredible teaching so my my retreats are very much in a and just in a beautiful safe space we'll do some sound baths we do our cacao we do uh, our gorgeous meditations and um, all that kind of stuff but then we had boat trips we'd sunset cruises we were hiking in volcanic uh, mountains like swimming at the bottom of volcanic mountains was just incredible so i i love a balance because i love being out in nature and that's where we heal so we do the work but then we go out into nature and we had a chef with us who was an ayurvedic food medic i have mm. never eaten so well in my life everybody on the trip like you'd have your breakfast Sinead you would not be hungry even when it came to lunchtime you're like I'm actually still not hungry we did not eat one piece of shit nobody even wanted to go and get chocolate or crap nothing like that the food was phenomenal like Japanese plums that are antibiotics like just like we everybody came back feeling incredible from it it was amazing so I have a, a, a plan now in place and next year I'm just gonna move really forward with this stuff amazing what is in place are you saying now is it too early today or what's going on <laughs> what's to come Jen I'm working with an incredible mindset mentor business and I've been kind of studying like Bob Proctor and the law attractions and energy like I'm all about energy and frequency and so is she and she's so successful so I'm about two months into her 12-month program and it's really teaching me to see my visions like what you get your visions your downloads she's teaching me how to bring that from spirit into physical form it's Mm -hmm. incredible oh I'm excited excited. do you know what I'm actually more excited for you to just experience that more and see what's to come (laughs) because that that's what I that's my world that's what I do every single day and to feel that like before our conversation today I went outside in the garden even though it's raining and I sat and just feeling I always know when spirit are coming speaking to me I can feel a tingle through my spine I'm like oh like even that feeling alone I don't even care what you're gonna say to me it's just that feeling alone So I'm very excited for you. That's amazing, Jen. And is there anything that you want to share? There's one like little 
maybe Pearl, I know all this has been a Pearl of Wisdom, but if there's one little bit of insight maybe that you want to leave our gorgeous listeners with today, maybe to summarize what we said or just one little thing for anyone that's maybe exploring themselves deeper than before, or maybe that's experiencing maybe ADHD or going in through this world of discovery of themselves. What little nugget of wisdom would you leave them with? Um, just keep going. Listen to the the guide, the intuition. Listen to where it's bringing you. And if something, and I and I say this with all respect to everybody who walks in the wellness or the healing community or counselors or anything like that, if something feels off, it's off. And if somebody feels right for you then that's the way to go and the one that's right will make you look at the shit you don't want to look at <laughs> yes we're going to be the catalyst for change here they're tremendous trigger i always say that to my anyone that's sitting in front of me if you don't cry in front of me i feel like i haven't done my job right <laughs> yeah that's amazing i love that trust the niggle within i absolutely love that i have written that one of my article cards that i created trust the niggle within that niggle yeah. will guide you energy doesn't lie Jen, you're a measure to talk to. I could talk to you all day. Thank you. <laughs> the fresh air. I could just see this beautiful green and yellow aura around you and it keeps dancing. And the second I asked you about your retreat, your whole energy just went and it lit up. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. That's, where, that's where my path is bringing me. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised. You lit up the minute you start talking about it. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave your website, your Instagram and all your details underneath this podcast. So if anyone has any questions or want to follow Jen or maybe go on a retreat or two, then you know where to find her. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love oh Ayurvedic food, by the way. Obsessed. I studied Ayurvedic studies years ago and just, it's a game changer. Actually, on that, there's a book that maybe you'd love. It's called Dashes for Life. Oh, wow. And in it, it teaches you what food to eat for your dasha type, which is Ayurvedic study. It's amazing. So, oh, very good. Okay. And I have, um, I actually have a thing with, I don't know if you've seen the girl who's doing the human design uh, readings at the minute. She did one for Pat Dibley, and I followed her page, Nicole, something I'll share it with you. I have a reading with her today. And she's going to, she's a human design specialist. I don't know a lot about it, but. Maybe tell her that you're on this podcast because we've been in cahoots. She might be on this very soon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Look at synchronicities together. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've let the cat out of the bag. Nicole, hopefully we'll be on soon. We're just trying to get a date in the diary. <laughs> it's fascinating what she's doing. So if anybody's listening, please go and check out what she's doing also. Well, thank you so much, my love. You are a little, like I said, a pleasure to talk to and I wish you all the success in the world. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Sinead Horror podcast. I hope you enjoy the insight and wisdom that came through today. Perhaps you learned something about yourself and I'm so excited for you to discover even more. If you want to tune in to more episodes, please subscribe. And if you want to find more out about this particular episode or any guest speaker that we've had on the show or will have on the show, you can find out more on www.sineadahorror.com. And of course, you're welcome to submit a question or maybe a topic that you'd like me to cover. Remember, this podcast is for you. See you next week.